everyone. It's Saturday, May 27th. Welcome to Pop Goes the Girls, where we, two sisters born a decade apart, take a foray through our respective journeys through pop culture. I'm Daisy Kosh. And I'm Chelsea Davidson. This episode is not sponsored by Reese's Minis, despite the fact that we will be eating them the entire episode. This week is wedding season week. Each week we talk about pop culture artifacts that shaped us and why they're memorable. So this week we'll be focusing on wedding movies. Yes. Which is always our favorites as it's a married woman season. and a single gal. We love the wedding. It's wedding season. Like like May, June, July is wedding season. What yeah. a perfect time to start talking about. What is it with da, summer weddings? Da, why does da, every like why aren't there more weddings like Phoebe's from Friends? You know, freezing cold in the middle of winter. Okay. We no, also no one have has a fan no. theory fight club where we argue the merits or detriments of some of the fan theories surrounding interpreting different pop culture items. Apparently we start arguing right away yeah. about why wedding seasons are in summer, and which makes sense to everyone but Daisy. And lastly, we'll play a quick round of Twist the Sister where one of us loves something that the other hates, like summer weddings and winter weddings, and we'll open it up to a poll for you, our lovely listeners, to decide which sister is right. I thought I was going to take it easy on the Reese's Minis, but now I'm taking all the anger yeah. out on the peanut yeah. butter. Poor, yeah, that poor peanut butter. Oh, yeah. It's going down. <laughs> no, it's not nearly hard enough. Yeah. Okay, so for our pop culture artifact for our wedding season week, um, do you want to start your points board or do you want me to start? I don't even know what we're talking about. Okay. So it's 27 dresses. I just destroyed my life and I didn't need your help to do it. Great. Finally, I saw what you did in there, and you know what? I thought it was amazing. Was it absolutely certifiably nuts? Yes, it was. But you did something, Jane. For the first time, you were not just the perfect bridesmaid. Oh, I love 27 Dresses. Yes, you've got Katherine Heigl, James Marsden, Mullen Ackerman. I'm putting a pin before you even say anything. You love 27 Dresses, you say. Mm-hmm. And yet, and yet, mm-hmm. 27 Dresses has been slammed for being anti-feminist. Yeah. And you, last week, I believe, slammed Indecent Proposal for being anti-feminist and saying, you would know, I don't like that movie because it is against the woman. And now we're on this week, and now you're like, I love that movie, it is against the woman. Chelsea, I'm a fan of period pieces where... Women had no right. This is not a period Yet I am a feminist in reality. Can we, can we, have we not established that I'm a very complicated woman? You're a very contradictory (laughs) person. You just, anyway, the fucking wind blows. Well, don't you remember when I was younger, I loved bubbles in Powerpuff Girls. And then I went through through a phase where I loved Buttercup. And I feel like that perfectly embodies who I am as an individual. Sometimes I'm bubbles and I giggle and I'm happy. And sometimes I'm Buttercup, and I want to be angry and watch dark shit. And am I Blossom? Which one's Blossom? The green one? Blossom? No. Buttercup is the green one. Bubbles is the blue one. Pink one is Blossom. And that's me. Yeah. And I'm I'm Blossom. You like to be Blossom. I like to be a Blossom? I don't even know if I am. I'm taking a guess. You like to be Blossom. You always say that you're Blossom just because you want to be, like, in the middle. You don't want to be all cutesy and shit, but you also don't want to be, like, let's fight them. You're like, I want to be the voice of reason. Anyway. That's that's accurate. Very distractive. (laughs) Um, uh, 27 Dresses, just to give it a bit of backstory, um, so you've got Jane, who is Katherine Heigl's character. Based on a real person, by the way. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, she is in love with her boss. 
she loves him because of all that he he kind of represents he's you know uh goes out on walks and he has a dog and he has a, a little brother in like brothers and sisters program he fits the profile of like a dating app yeah he it sounds like it yeah he really does and he's like all self-made and all, all all the good things that you'd want and she she's been working for him for like eight years or some shit loves him he is completely clueless to this fact, though. He has Isn't no she idea. His assistant? Yes. Um, and like at one point he's just Don't like, "Don't dip your pen in the company ink." She doesn't believe in that clearly, but she's in love with him. Her best friend is Judy Greer. Classic best friend role for her. She's always the best uh, friend. Judy Greer. Yeah, I love Judy Greer. Yeah, I, I think she's one of the most unra- uh, underrated actresses of our time because she, yeah. she can play just about anything. She can play an evil person and a good person and everything in between. And I'll I think be- you love her in everything. Silly and serious. Yeah. Um. Anyway, best friend's Judy Greer, and she's just like you know you need to wake up and tell him because like it's really pathetic. Everyone knows you're in love with him except for him. Um, and at the same time, her sister comes into town, which is Mullen Ackerman, and oh. and she, I know, <laughs> just uh, just thinking about her, like Mullen Ackerman Tess. is is a perfectly fine actress. She's Canadian, I believe, as yes. well. Yes, yes, she is. But she plays. She's actually just on The Masked Singer, I think. She just uh, it doesn't matter to me. Okay. I don't watch that show. It means nothing to me. Fine. Um, but thank well, you. Well, if, if thank people you were watching Masked Singer, they'd know her from you know that. But okay. Okay. There's not enough peanut butter cups in the world for, for all of the aggression that I feel right now. Uh, we've already eaten most of the pack. I know. <laughs> I know. It's already been like five <laughs> minutes and we're out of Reese's Mini, so... Seriously, we're not sponsored, but come on. If you sponsor us, <laughs> we might be able to get through the episode. <laughs> anyway, Malin Ackerman. Terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible individual in this movie. Yeah. She's just the worst. It's it's one of those movies where you have a sisterly rivalry, and you know how some people are like, She's a oh, cackling witch. Some almost. people are like, I'm that sister, and Give you're that a sister. Broom. If you ever say that you are Jane, which is Catherine Heigl, and you say your sister is Tess, you hate your sister more than anything because Tess is <laughs> All right, evil. Tess, calm down. Yeah, Tess is evil <laughs> incarnate. She is awful. If I ever call you Tess, and you're like, why are you calling me Tess? Just know, like, we're having a fight. Because I'll just say, get out of my house. Yeah, it'll be one of those. But she's awful, and every sister who's ever been in a fight hates Tess. Even if you can like, sim- you're, like Tess I'm, is awful. Yeah, you're Tess is to, not just Tess is not supposed, a sister. She's think, not a sister I, to anyone. I think you're supposed Tess to herself. sympathize with her. She's awful. Move, but move I on. just don't. Move on. Anyway, We're not supposed to sympathize. She's awful. Move on. Well, I think she's trying to play it that way. Anyway, so I want to kill so Tess. She, co- she comes into. Yeah, Wow. Um, she comes into town, and she naturally, um, Catherine Heigl's character, has always kind of taken care of things for her, but at the same time, she's also aware that her sister is a bit of a shit. Classic so, big sister syndrome. So, so she comes in. Oh my god. Why don't you just toot your own horn a little more, Charles? Calm down, Tess. Anyway. Calm down. So. It'll be okay. She turns around. It's one of those things like, hey, you can stay at my place, but how long are you going to be in town, really? Are, is it two weeks this time, a month? When are you going back to... Italy to be with, you know, Raphael, your your fancy model boyfriend, because that's the kind of girl that she is. She just comes and goes as she pleases and never, never has to pay the piper for any of her actions. Well, um, then you find out that the sister is going to come to this, like, 
Would you get, say it's a hen knight? Get to the gimmick. Get to the, the gimmick. hen knight. The sister basically starts dating her boss. Just gonna spoil that for you. Sister starts dating her boss, which is basically her nightmare. So Jane wants to kill herself. She happens to come across a classic third wheel character uh, played by James Marsden. James Marsden is always the third wheel in every movie he's in. Yeah, yeah. But in this one, he actually... He, well, the funny thing is... He's the love interest, she, not the third wheel, which she, is interesting. She loves the articles that he writes, not knowing it's him, so she's constantly fighting with him, and she's like, oh my god, you're so unromantic, you're such a dick. Like, he represents but she everything... Know who he is. She represents everything... He represents everything she dislikes. But he knows Because he seems like a cynic and all this, and she loves these really romantic pieces, not knowing that he is actually the author of these pieces, and he writes them in the hey, paper. Hey, Tess, can you help me out here? He is aware that she doesn't know who he is. Right? Yes, and he takes advantage of that. He's keeping it up. Okay. Um, and then when she does find out, she's like, I think, I think one of the funniest lines is when she says, it's like I just found out my favorite song was written about a sandwich. And that is exactly how you'd feel if someone who you despise is one of your, also one of your favorite artists. You'd it's be like, this is a nightmare. Line, but, it, but it makes sense. Yeah, like, it's exactly it. how you would feel. And one of my favorite as moments. it goes, he kind of points out to her, oh my god, you're in love with your boss. No wonder it's killing you to help your sister plan her wedding. Because the whole premise is the fact that she is always the bridesmaid, basically. She's always the maid of honor. She's been to 27 weddings in, like, her Very whole life. Very diverse range but of weddings. she'll go to, like, seven weddings a year. Like, it's, it's constant. She's always doing all of this stuff. You know what I don't get, though? She has no friends. How is she a bridesmaid in all of these things, but she has, like, zero friends, really? Because they used her for the skills. Like, you, she is, she is like, the maid of honor for the receptionist at her work, and the receptionist at her work does nothing. She does everything the receptionist is supposed to do. They just take advantage of the fact that she's constantly giving. She's, she's always a, gives she's herself. She's a wedding planner, wedding planner type of person. She, she gives herself. They're, they're getting a free wedding planner. And, yeah, that's by, exactly what it is. Yeah. So, of course, she's friends okay. with all these people because they meet she's her. Really they friends. see that she's, she's got an used. in with the caterer or an in with the florist or an in with the dress designer. Anything like that. And then all of a sudden, she's your best friend. She's planning shit. I have very important news. We're out of Reese's? There's one Reese left. Okay, well, that's mine. <gasps> that's a test maneuver if I've ever seen one. <gasps> well. Anyway, the other thing that I love... Is the fight that they have over the wedding dress specifically? Don't remember. Oh well, this is this is a bit of a spoiler. Jog my memory. Bit of a spoiler. So Tess, because she's getting married, spoiler on that, she's marrying Jane's boss. Um, the dad. Jane's really fucking pissed at this point. The dad turns around. This is such a slap to the face for me. The dad's like, oh, Tess, I thought your mom would have wanted you to have it, and pulls out the mother's wedding dress. Oh, yes, yes. Which is something yes. that Jane always wanted, but she lets her sister have it. That's fine. Tess gets what she wants. She can have it. That's kind of her attitude about it. Well, then she turns around and cuts up the wedding dress to have it, like, I swear to God, she probably took a sleeve off this thing, and the rest of it looks like shreds. And she's like, you can have the rest of it. And she goes, I've used parts of it in the dress. It's virtually unrecognizable. I would even argue it's not even the same dress, and they just cut up some fabric to for the seam. It's but like if somebody was around. like, I, I want this tiny patch right in the middle of the belly. Yeah. And, like, remove that from the dress, but cut in on every angle to yeah. the dress to get it. It's like it's asking a three-year-old to cut out a postcard yeah. on a giant Bristol board and thinking there's going to be any Bristol board left. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's cut to shreds. 
Um, and when she turns around and finds out, and she's like, no, that's it. I've had enough. That's That's it. her breaking point. Yes, now, it I is, recall. when she sees the dress. And I love their what mother, she says mother, to her. Hold on. It's key to say that their mother has passed away. Yes. That's, you yes. missed a key part Well, of she died when they were young. That's why she's always been that, like, motherly figure and taken everything on. Jane has. This for Tess. This is important. Okay. It's this important. important. To understand why Jane is give, 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 and maternal and all of these other things. It's because and she's why Tess is the a void. spoiled brat. Yeah. Yeah. And I love when she turns around and says, where she's like, you know, you're jealous of me, all these different things. Like, she's trying to be, like, oh, this has always been your thing. You've always had a problem with me. And she turns around and she's like, you're my sister. You want her to fly. And she goes, that was yesterday. Today, you're some bitch who cut up my mother's wedding dress. And I love it because it's exactly how you'd feel. That is how you'd feel. If someone was just like, come on, you wouldn't hurt anybody. And she's like, hmm, that was yesterday. Now, I'm a fly smarter. Get away. Like, she's so mad with her and I, I feel it so like intensely it's, when she says it's it. It's nice when she finally sticks up for herself. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Even though she feels awful for doing it because she's not used to it. It's not, great. And on that note, get out. <laughs> <laughs> End of episode now. Um, so the next thing that we're going into is the Fan Theory Fight Club. And with it being wedding season, we are sticking with the theme obviously. And we are going to be discussing Father of the Bride. Listen, I'm going to take Brian out for a drive somewhere on San Marino. Okay, Eddie. Good. Annie, it's a little nippy out. You might want to put on oh, a sweater. Oh, Dad, it's okay. I'm kind of warm. So there's a chill in the air, and you've been on a plane. Yeah, I'm fine. Annie, it is kind of cold out. It is? Yeah. All right, thanks. I'll get my jacket. Right then I realized my day had passed. She'll always love me, of course, but not in the same way. I was no longer the man in my little girl's life. I was like an old shoe... The kind we manufacture it and get all excited about and then after a few years discontinue. That was me now. Mr. Discontinued. Okay. I said I love 27 Dresses. I'm a dirty, rotten liar. It's only okay. I love Father of the Bride. Father of the Bride, when I grew up, me and my grandmother used to watch Father of the Bride. Now, just, just to clarify, this is not the one with Elizabeth Taylor. This is the one with Kimberly Williams, pa well, Paisley now, Steve Martin, and Diane Keaton from the 90s. This is my <laughs> jam. And and Frank, Frank is in it. Oh, my God, I love Frank. That's Martin Short. Uh, I cannot begin to tell you how much I love this movie. I am, like, shaking right now. Yeah. And I don't think... I'm going to say 10% because of Reese's Minis, having that many so quickly. 90% because this movie is amazing. It is so, so good. I don't like the original all that much, although it, it does have some good parts to it. And I haven't even homage. seen the original. I've seen the original. <laughs> to give you an idea. I saw the original. I watched it once. It just never compared to me because I watched the 90s one in the 90s with my grandmother. It's just so sentimental. I yeah. freaking love this movie. Okay, so the premise, just very, very briefly, what it's about. Um, there is a, a husband and a wife. They're, you know, happily living, I think in California. California, happily living together and their daughter is coming home from school she comes home and they're so excited how was school and she goes well I gotta tell you something I'm getting married and she's met the guy she's only known him for three months and like the dad just is like seeing red this would be your nightmare though as a parent and, yeah your kid not only didn't she's tell you they were engaged baby. they announce it and then proceed to tell you we've known each other you know, less time yeah. than some people need to wait for, like, an insurance or a credit check. 
<laughs> like, whenever anything like that happens, you're like, this yeah. isn't going to last. So she's fallen in love, but he just keeps seeing, like, the baby version of her. He cannot wrap his head around how yeah. his, twi- like, early 20s daughter is going to get married. Like, he's like, you're too young. This is ridiculous. But his wife is like, don't be ridiculous. They're absolutely you know, getting married. Be open. And they're like, be let's supportive. Me- let's meet him. Let's find out what he's like. Okay, and this is where the fan theory comes in. So I won't go into full detail about the movie, because the movie's brilliant and you should watch it. I don't want to spoil anything. It's just a fun movie to watch as well, because Steve Martin's great in it, for one. Yeah. Um, But it's just a, a really great movie to watch for the experience. Like, you don't even... Even if I told you what happened, it's not the same as watching it. Anyway. I Just to, so just to let you know, because I know this will give you, like, an audible gasp, and I feel like the listeners need that. Oh. I haven't seen Father of Bride since I was about 10, when you maybe watched it initially. <sighs> Something's wrong. So, like, Father of Bride 2 is oh, good, too. Oh, over half of my life has occurred since I've seen this. So I Get don't out, remember Tess. It. Get out. I don't remember it the best, but I do remember that I thought it was very funny and, like, had a very cute warm energy even is, though it's nancy myers even though, yeah it, it, it you has can tell. the tone of like a light fluffy little cloud of joy even even though he's, he's seeing red yeah you know he's seeing it. red on a pink cotton candy cloud fun fact where everything's gonna i be have fun okay. facts i have fun facts you for have, you okay so steve martin before we get into the fan theory, we have fun facts steve martin was attached to the script before it was even written so when nancy myers was working on it and writing it and or co-writing or whatever she did they were writing it with Steve Martin in mind. Yeah. Isn't the, that, like, the, the biggest si- compliment and as well? And the exact same thing... Oh, yeah, it is. And the same thing goes for uh, all the other characters. They wrote the characters... Once they cast them, they wrote to that character, with the exception of some of the minor characters. Frank... People they didn't care about. Frank, Frank, the wedding planner... Yeah. ...actually exists. I think his name's Kevin Lee. They did, like, an... Ed- so, Kevon? Kevon. Yeah, Kevon yeah. Lee. Yeah. But... Absolutely, and he he said that that's me. He says it's like a documentary. Yeah, and I think that's amazing. I absolutely love Frank. Frank is their wedding planner, and he does it just so perfect. You would honestly think that the movie was called Frank the amount of times you said Frank. Frank. <laughs> Frank. Anyway, so what is the fan theory, you lunatic? <laughs> so the fan theory. So when they sit down to actually meet her fiance, whose name is Brian McKenzie, he says that he's not on staff anywhere because he's too far too expensive. He's a consultant, a computer consultant. And he goes into some of the work that he does. So he's an unemployed snob. But but Steve Martin is like, he's unemployed. And like, that's all he hears. And that's, and he's like stuck on that little factoid. I'd hear that too, if you're but like- But he's wealthy. <laughs> we know that he makes yeah. a lot of money. And then the next thing is when the parents meet the parents. So, so you've got, um, God, I can't think of his name. I can't think. Brian's parents and uh, whatever her name is. Why can't I think of anybody's name? All I can think of is Frank right now. I not Frank. It's not Frank. Yeah. Okay, so Steve Martin and Diane Keaton are going to meet Brian's parents. And they go to meet them, and he ends up in the office looking at the financial statements of this man. And to be fair, like, their house is definitely nicer by, like, qu- by quite a bit, the Mackenzie's houses. But it's not like Steve Martin isn't is not doing well for himself. He owns his own shoe company. They're making money hand over fist. Like, it's insane. So it's it's not like he should be so flabbergasted when he goes snooping through their house and finds some of the bank books. But he does act that way. They also have these attack dogs that come after him anytime he's... Well, 
pretty much always, but particularly when he's in the office, mm. they come right for him as if they've been trained to do so. And the fan theory is basically that the Mackenzies are up to something. Yeah. That they're that they are more than just, you know, doing well for themselves, honestly. That so they're kind of like what we had with our home alone fan theory. Sort of, yes. You know, he that is, is the he's, theory. He's not just working in, in bonds and stocks. Yeah. He is you know, they buy a car for them for their wedding Laundering gift money, or he's a gangster, or, you yeah. know, there's, there's something afoot. I, um, see, they buy them a car. They don't buy them a house. And that's why I'm like, I don't know how fully I, I believe this theory. I think, like, it's, it's like, it's You're a, like, if they were really wealthy, they'd buy them a complex, but they didn't <laughs> buy them a complex, they just bought them a Ford. Yeah, and like, for that reason, I think no. <laughs> I think no. No, because, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm deliriously wrong about this. I don't know. Point is, I don't really believe this theory. It has some merit, but I don't think there's enough evidence to really build up anything past, like, a passing thought. I don't have it so clear in my mind that I'm like, oh, yeah, there is this one little well, thing. Well, yeah, you yeah, haven't seen it in I'm... over a decade. <laughs> but I would say like with a lot of fan theories when you have that whole angle of you know are they up to something more sinister of course they could always be because uh, you up know to you, you know everyone could be you know a guy who looks like he's a 40 year old stockbroker could also be like twisting his little invisible mustache hairs in private and laundering through the company but whether or not it's happening is another thing. I think he's just so ahead of the game. It, it could happen. Like, like I'm not saying that the fan theory has no merits, mm -hmm. but I don't know if I necessarily believe it because of it being a Nancy Myers movie. I yeah. doubt she's like he's really the gig economy sinister. and like the freelance and the consulting and all of that sort of aspect of it is like pretty dominant now. So I just think he was ahead of the game and really good at what he was doing, and that's why. Yes. Yeah. He was and, a game and his dad's changer. wealthy, so he was able to get the education he needed. Yeah. And that's how they met. Like, they met, you know, abroad while he was supposedly getting some sort of education, and she's getting her education. Whatever. Anyway, I love this movie. I think it's great, and I don't give a fuck about this theory. Yeah. So I like say most whatever. theories, you don't care about whatever. it. Ever. <laughs> and we only want to discuss the Rock movie. for the win! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and our last thing that we are discussing is you get to twist me on this one, which I oh, find no. is very fun, considering I feel like I'm always the one doing the twisting. We are going to be okay. disgusting. We are we are going to be disgusting. We're, we're going to be, be disgusting. Yes, we are going to be discussing discussing <laughs> my best friend's wedding. You're Michael. You're in a fancy French restaurant. You order creme brulee dessert. It's beautiful. It's sweet. It's irritatingly perfect. Suddenly, Michael realizes he doesn't want creme brulee. He wants something else. What does he want? Jello. Jello? Why does he want jello? Because he's comfortable with jello. The moment wake up. I love this movie. Yeah. I love this movie. I know you love this movie. I've seen it two or three times. I didn't like it initially. And I, I want to put that out there. I feel like the more I invest in hoping I'm going to like it, the more I'm confused why these two women, Cameron Diaz in her prime and Julia <laughs> Roberts in her prime, 
want to settle with Dermot Mulrooney, who, by my standards, is a waste of space. I like I'm watching you just the movie. Dermot Mulrooney. Yes, I don't know why they're in love with him. I don't understand. I'm gonna go there. I I, go do, there. I don't see it. And like I okay. I get, you know, sometimes people see a version of someone, and because you're closer to them, you see them in another way. I get it. I've had crushes where the guy's been a total a hole, but to me, I feel like he can change, and it's not gonna happen. You're looking I don't at this think, movie wrong. And I don't think it's gonna happen for Dermot Mulrooney. I don't think if he picks either one of them, he's gonna turn into the greatest husband ever, or all of a sudden be the perfect guy. I just think they're putting all of their own hopes for him onto him, and he's not really what they're into. And every time I watch it, I'm like, you could do better. And then I see the other one. Okay. You could do better. And I even get mad with Julia Roberts, even though I love her character I'm in it. I'm testing you. You know that, right? Yeah. I'm calm, just letting you know why I don't like down. it so you can start fighting you me on You need to calm down. Oh, whatever. But... As Taylor Swift would say, you need to calm down. Um, I just... I don't like that she does a lot of morally gray stuff. That's what the movies... Okay. It, let, can I, let, that's, that's let me the go. Let, let, put those me are in, the coach. things that bother me. Put me in. Okay. Put me in, coach. There tapping you in. All right, okay. So this movie is not about a woman going after another man. This is about a woman mourning the loss of her options. The whole point of this is that she's she's going after Michael. So Julianne Potter, that's played by, by um, Julie Roberts. So Julianne is going after Michael. Michael's her best friend. Michael was her backup option that they had like a, a marriage pact that at a certain point in time, they would get married, and then that was that. But that's her best friend, right? That's her best friend. She doesn't fucking know Michael at all. She doesn't, she isn't, her and Michael are not best friends. She's lying to herself to try and convince herself that this is the option. This is the right option. And she's convinced herself, like, she's gone crazy. And, like, you can tell because her character seems fucking crazy throughout the entire thing. And they did that intentionally. Like, she's, she's a piece of shit. And they don't want to redeem her. And they don't redeem her. Like, she does just horrible thing upon horrible thing. Like, the, at one point, his livelihood she puts in, in jeopardy. Basic Livelihood, not life. Livelihood in terms of his professional career. And I don't understand, like, what... This is her best friend! Why would you do that to your best friend? Are you because, sure you like this movie? Because they're not. Yes, because they're not best friends. This is what this is what I'm saying. I, when I first watched it, I did uh, what you, you did. You know what? It's truly that. I looked at they're a love enemies. story. There's no love story here. This is not a love story. This is not a love story. This, this is, is sleeping. A this is sleeping with the enemy. When, when, did, when did you do? <laughs> and I love that she's a piece of shit. I love that she's a piece of shit. Go Julianne, because Julianne is a piece of shit, and she doesn't care. She, she's gonna do what she gotta do. That's not true. She feels bad when she does some of this her This movie is not stuff. about that, though. It's about the lengths we go to. To get what we want? To get what we want. And, and accepting sometimes the failure of it as well. Like, it's not the person we should be looking at. We're looking at the lengths she's going to. And it's all... The whole point to look at that is to understand that this is her dealing, like, terribly... With her it's her journey, is what you're trying to say. Yeah, and I get that. No, no, we're not but done. I we're not done. Don't wouldn't you agree that most stories have to be character driven? No. Yeah. No. You can't just have shit happening, and the characters are just there for have the you ride. Watched, have you watched Indiana sh- Jones or Romancing the Stone? Those are adventures. They're not really character driven. They're really so. You're telling me secretly. Really you're telling me secretly. My best friend's wedding isn't actually a rom com. It's an adventure. It's an adventure story. It's an adventure story. Oh my god. 
Did you see her steal that van? Wait, who cares? That's an adventure like, story. Oh, oh my god. But the adventure is how she's going to reconcile the fact that she's losing one of her options. So it's an adventure it's, with it's, romantic It's a mental breakdown. We're, oh we're witnessing god. a mental breakdown on screen. You're not supposed to look at this as a love story. If you think, are, you're I doing it wrong. I think the chocolate's gotten to you. No, 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 no. We're not done. Her best friend, in reality, is George. Yeah. George is her real best He's friend. He's the best. George is gay, the by the way. Thing. George is her gay best friend. Yeah, I really wish George was straight. Yet again, not an option for her. Can't be an option because he's gay. Right? I feel like he's such so, a nice and guy, he'd totally marry her. That's intentional because it's not an option, right? And that's what this whole movie is about. A loss of options. Opportunity lost. As we age, we lose the chance. The pool gets smaller. Oh, my God. And that's what she's going through. You know what through. this sounds like? It sounds like a verbal essay for... <laughs> the theme of, of her losing options. By the way, Rupert Everett, I agree with you. Yeah. So if you, like, if nothing I, I else, love if you have it. to be obsessed with, like, He's a person, great. be obsessed with him and yeah. be obsessed with Julianne as a villain because she plays that part like a bitch she, on fire. For she's me, amazing. she's not a villain. For me, the villain was Dermot Mulroney. Well, like, spoil, I was sitting there on, watching we're it. We're, we're not done. Spoiler Even though she's doing the bad shit, He's the Julianne Roberts playing Julianne, she does not get the guy. And it, that's intentional. You know, you'd be shocked with it being called My because Best Friend's he's Wedding. Not, he's she not, isn't the one getting married to no, said best friend. But she friend. doesn't manage to convince him and ruin their, their nuptials she in time. She doesn't even really want to tell him. She just wants him to naturally pick her. No, she just wants Ron And he walks open. around with she's blinders She's giving countless on. options. She's giving countless options to tell him. Yeah, and but she's she a chicken shit. She doesn't want to tell him. Because she wants she him doesn't to open really his eyes. She doesn't really want him. She doesn't really want him. She yeah, just she wants does. her options open. You don't do crazy anyway. shit because you don't want somebody. That's just crazy. Yeah, she's crazy. You're she's, just... Uh, people sometimes freak out about losing out on a chance not actually they don't really want it they just want the option that's why some women who who you know you know what i'm not getting into this because we're going to go into a, a fucking rabbit hole somewhere else okay so julia roberts the well we're going to move on from her for a second dermot Mulroney is a piece of shit also so why she thinks he's a great option is not not really applicable here because he's not he's find not a stranger on the street julia yeah, you he's can not can that great better. an option. He loses his shit on his lovely fiance. Cameron Diaz, Cameron Diaz is Diaz. a saint. But Cameron Diaz is also a very broken individual. Yeah. She's giving up a lot she, to be with him. She's madly in love. She breaks down and starts shaking in tears yeah. when he gets mad at her. And like I, he's like, going to kill her. Oh, like it's it's just one of those like it's clearly so hard for me to watch. And doesn't not look like it's gonna be more. a happy marriage in the end. No, because she'll just cave to whatever he wants. Yeah. He's a dick. She just desperately needs someone to, to hang off of, and that's. And he's not. It, it's not like he's like she's going to be a trophy wife either in the conventional sense of him like making a lot of money because he doesn't she make could that definitely much money. Become one she the way she cowers. Money. She makes more money than him, and yeah. she's giving all of that up to be with him. Yeah. So anyway, she once again, why are they fighting for him? But here's the point. The Ugh. point is that these two are broken. They're, she's lovely. He's a crappy person already. But they choose each other, right? So yeah. they're each other's option. And they go off into the sunset, right? No. They're that's never... not going into the sunset. They're going, they're going down the okay, road they're going 50 into feet, the rainstorm. And he's going to push her fuck. into a bush. The point is... Because he doesn't give a shit. The point is, never was her option to begin with. And that's why the movie ends the way it ends, and she dances around, and she figures out that 
She has other options. Things will be fine. She is her own option? Is that what you're trying to tell me? No, she just... Well, yeah, she's enough on her own, but Oof. but that's not the point of the movie. The point is that she'll be fine, she'll move on, she'll find someone else. Someone that actually fits her, because he doesn't. He doesn't. He, he just doesn't. And I mean, she is a piece of shit, but she doesn't match with him just because she's a piece of shit. That would never have worked either. The way Rupert shows up for her, or George, oh my the way God, George yeah. shows her up gay for her, non-option. he shows up for her more than Dermot Mulroney ever has. Yeah. Let alone in the specific time period where she's trying he's to get funny. him to fall in love with her. Rupert Everett. He's hilarious. He would do yeah. anything for this woman. He'd probably even friggin' marry her when she's like 80 and ugly or like so she's if gonna she's be fine. missing an arm. The point is. She could have anything wrong with her. He'd still marry her. Just marry your gay bestie or just have him take care of you when you're old. It's nice to know your life plans there, Tess. Calm down. Ugh. And then my very last thing was when I initially watched the movie, I watched it because of the soundtrack. Like, I loved the soundtrack. Yeah, it's okay. There's, there's Aretha Franken's um, I Say a Little Prayer for You, featured yeah. pretty heavily in it. Um, and then you also have um, Wishing and Hoping and, and I don't and I can't think of it. And Squeezing and Loving. Yeah, Each day of your life. That one. Yeah, so that's the intro to it. Yeah, I'm not going to sing that because that's that's not going to end No well. one deserves that? Is that yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Tess. Oh, I'm, I'm so calling you Tess now. You should never have said that. <laughs> anyway, I'm supposed to be twisting you, so you're not Tess. You're Jane all the way. Um, you're going to butter so, me up with a name? You've called so, me way worse than Tess. <laughs> and the soundtrack was just really, really awesome uh, overall. And that's why I went into it. And that was not a smart plan because I, I thought the movie would be different than it was. But the movie is about a woman mourning her options. Now, knowing that, do you feel differently about the movie? No. I, I'm so sorry. If they sorry. recast it and Dermot Mulroney wasn't in it, would you feel differently? No, because I, I, it's not that I hate Dermot Mulroney. Oh, I really? See, I've seen him in other things, and I'm like, he's actually a good actor. I like what he's doing here. I think wasn't he's funny. Wasn't he an American Horror Story? No, that's Dylan. Dylan McDermott? Yes. I confuse um, them all the time. It's because of the Dermot. Yeah, but they, the Dermot they're, they're is the thing that's confusing. too. They don't look anything alike. You're oh. high. It's the chocolate. Okay. I'm going to blame the chocolate on that ridiculous comment. Okay, so yes or anyway, no, you're twisted. I'm not twisted, and okay. it's not even... I, I hear what you're saying. She's well, there go my notes. Okay. <laughs> From out. I hear what you're saying. I just... I can't watch the movie. Even if I watch it thinking it's her just, you know, mourning her options, and that's why she's doing crazy shit, I can even get on board with that. I just... I don't like the characters enough to fully, you know, get on board with everything else that's going to shit. And I, I just can't. I'd watch it again. I, I definitely would watch it again. I've watched plenty of things I don't even enjoy just because I want to watch something different. But and I, yet, I, I can't. if I make a suggestion, you will adamantly say no. And yet you watch things that you don't want to. Yeah. I don't understand what's wrong with you. Anyway. One day, um, you're I, going I, to have I don't feel a it. Julianne Potter moment. Julianne Potter? Yeah, that's what like you said. I had it on my notes, which I now crumpled up. Yeah. So do you want me to make it real hard for you? I'll rip them up soon. You'll have a moment like her one day, and then you'll go, "Oh, my sister was right." So I'm gonna have like a, one of those moments from like in the Help when she's like, "Virginia, your eggs are dying." You know, one of those like internal <laughs> Alice and Janie moments. <laughs> where, where Virginia, I, uh, your eggs are dying. Where I'm just gonna lose it like that. I think and she's twenty when she says it, or twenty-one. Yeah. And Virginia, so, your eggs are dying. you want me to have that going on in my head so that I start acting like a crazy bitch is what you want. No. 
That's yes, not what I'm saying. Yes, because you said she does crazy stuff in this. I'm not saying she's for biological her. reasons. I'm saying she just wants She's running all of her, out of options. She wants all of her options all the time. She wants to have all the cakes, every flavor, and eat all of them when she pleases, but only a spoonful at the time. Ugh. That's what she wants. And, she, and she's about to have to throw down a spoon because this cake is gone. That's ultimately what it's about. I hate talking about Dermot Mulroney like he's cake because... Ew. Is he not that edible, Charles? <laughs> Ew. But ugh, what? What's a cake I hate? Fruit cake. He's a big old fruit cake. Yeah, and you don't like shortcake, which I find devastating. I don't like shortcake. It's oh, too sweet. Strawberry shortcake's so good. Anyway, that's that'll be our next snack if I can get Charles to eat shortcake. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Um, thank you for enjoying wedding season with us, yes. or if you didn't enjoy wedding season, I'm so sorry. And on that note, get a strawberry shortcake wedding cake if you're going to be a bride this season, or a groom. Don't and be don't, so And don't invite Tess. Chelsea, because oh, yeah, not she's not going any. to eat the cake. Yeah. Invite Tess over here. She loves coming to weddings. Yeah. And if you've... Never for, been a bridesmaid one day in her life. If you've forgotten my name, just go back to the beginning of the podcast, because I know that she's, like, <laughs> Stockholm syndromed you. I'm just going to keep calling you Tess for every podcast episode from here on forward until people are convinced your name is Wa- Tess. Watch how long <laughs> the episodes last after this one. If all of a sudden there's no more Pop Goes the Girl. Hey, Tess, how are you? It's because I murdered half of the Daisy. Okay. (laughs) Have a great day, everyone. Enjoy the podcast. Check out our socials. Pop goes the girls on Instagram. Bye bye. Happy wedding season. Bye.